Thank you, Melanie, not only for sharing that song, but for sharing your heart with us this morning. And that's really true. We're coming to the end of this book. But the real stories that I think God's interested in us focusing on this morning are the ones that are still being written, our stories. And uh, what's the next chapter going to look like for us? How many of you went to uh, uh, the appearance of the, uh, the, uh, the author of the book, William P. Young, with us at the Maybe Center this like that? Wasn't that great? I, I don't know about you, but I came away from that experience thinking everything that I hoped he meant, I think he meant. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been to meet the author things before. And to be honest, I, I had a bit of a pucker factor going into this thing. You know, have you, have you ever been to one of those where, where you, you've read a great book and then you go meet the author and you, they're just a jerk? You know, it's just, just you know, and I, I, I really hope that, that that, and it wasn't. Oh, wow, what an incredible, humble, uh, broken and yielded spirit to God. Uh, and what a heart for people. Um, he shared with us that night. One of, one of the things, I took a lot of notes uh, th- that evening, and one of the quotes that I took away was this, in which he described for himself as the author what the shack is in his estimation. And he said this, the shack is the house of the heart on the inside that relationships with other people have helped us build. And he went on to explain if, if those relationships with other people have been people who related, us, related to us in ways that are unlike our loving Papa, then in many ways the, the picture of the heart on the inside is dilapidated. It's, it's broken down. Um, it's a shack. But the good news is, no matter how shacky your heart, God will meet you there. He'll walk any road to find his way to your heart. What an incredible God. And we hope that through this book, he hoped that through this book, that people would develop relationships with Jesus whether or not they had a religious framework in their lives, you know? And I think that's what we've all discovered. Even if we do have a religious framework, even if we are a part of a church already, uh, our own relationships with Jesus have been nurtured and rekindled uh, through the reading of this book. And for that, I'm very, very thankful. But I also wondered, you know, how on earth am I going to sum up uh, this book with a final message. There's just not much way to do it. Uh, but but uh, th- there he was at that event and our giving him of, of his shack book. And he just, he loved this picture, cherished it, made special arra- arrangements for it to be sent home so it couldn't be broken in his suitcase. Uh, he really cherished that gift that we gave him um, of appreciation for what he had done for us in the writing of the book. But... Um, the message title this today is uh, Hungering for Home. And the other night I was wondering how on earth I was going to sum this up, and I was watching Letterman. <laughs> and I, I just wonder, for those of us who have read it, what, what would be the top ten shack quotes, you know? Now, this is just my list, okay? 
Uh, and you may have a list of your own. Uh, but just as a way to kind of walk back through the richness that we have pondered, here's, here's number 10. Isn't that how he does it? Since most of our hurts come through relationships, so will our healing. Man, what a profound statement. Since most of our hurts come through relationships, so will our healing. And, and that kind of leaves the question begging, doesn't it? Where do you find those healing relationships? How can you nurture those in your life? Uh, if, if, if you can find those relationships, your shack can have a complete makeover, you know, like Ty showing up, right? Move that bus, and God will have done an incredible thing. But, but if most of our healing also comes through relationships, uh, do you have those relationships in your life right now that are a part of that, that healing plan for God that he'd like to unfold in your own life? James 5.16 says of the church, Confess ye one to another that you may be healed. And I think the Scriptures would point us in hope towards the fellowship of the church when it's at its best, when it's at its most authentic, to be that kind of healing fellowship. And I know that probably many of us have gone to church in the past or been related to other Christians, and some of the planks of our shack were found in those relationships. But if not in the church... Where? Where are you going to find that other person who has already committed themselves so to live with Christ and so to be loved by Christ that what they share with you might be an overflow from Christ in your life? The, the church does that very imperfectly. And the truth of the matter is that the Christ that lives within us has to shine through the hearts of each of our shacks in whatever state of disrepair or renovation they may currently be in. But I think there's great hope here. Hope that to just end the book and walk away would uh, be unfaithful to the heart of the author and unfaithful to the plan of God in our lives. James 5.16 says, Confess ye one to another that you may be healed, and that one to another is the one to another of those who have discovered a relationship with Christ who are walking with Him and letting the love of Papa and Jesus and Sarah you live in them. That's the hope. That's the picture of the church. If you turn with me to Ephesians 4, I'd never heard the shack verse that precedes this until I read the book. But here it is, Ephesians 4, verse 14. And this is the, book, the, the verse that I think refers to the shack. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Hear the shack in that? The shack is the heart on the inside that sometimes doesn't show and we can cover up, but that heart on the inside that people have helped us build, broken people. Since hurt people hurt people, 
Most of us have always have related to someone else who was hurt, and we can identify with the story of the shack. In some ways, our hearts look like that on the inside, however we present them on the outside. But here comes the hope verse, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. It really is true. It is all about relationships. What's most important, Jesus? What's the greatest of the commands? And Jesus said, relationships. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You boil it down to one thing. Here it is. Love. Pour yourself into those relationships. Let those relationships of love in your life be what gives you momentum with the heart of God to reshape your heart from the inside out. The whole body building itself up in love. Being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies. Every joint. That's interesting. That's one of the few places in all of Scripture I've heard about the joints of the body of Christ. We, we often hear about the members of the body of Christ, don't we? One's an eye, one's a foot, one's a hand. We're all part of the body, and each of us has our own role. And what part are you? Well, I think I'm a toe. You know, and, and all of us have, all of us are parts of the body. But this isn't talking about the parts. The church is not the church just as a collection of individual parts. That does not make it a body. What makes it a body is the joints, the ligaments. What holds the parts together? The relationships. By that which every joint supplies. How, how are your relationships within the church? Have, have you developed that, that sense of partnership with a, a handful of other trusted ones that you know that if you were in the burning building of a relationship and you had to jump to the fireman below, there'd be somebody holding the rescue trampoline. You know what I'm talking about? Or, or, or is there anyone there? As you look around that little trampoline of relationship, do you see people, not just that you see as the back of a head in here on Sunday morning, but somebody that you've come to know a little bit? Somebody who would walk in when the whole world walks out. This can be a place where those kinds of relationships can be nurtured and realized. You can discover them here. But I think we'll miss that discovery if we just close the book on the shack and say, wow, good read. We want to open the door. What does it say? Love never forces itself. That love is always authentic love is if it opens the way. That's what we want to do here uh, this morning uh, th through what we do. Here, here, that was the first one. Since most of are the number 10, we always count down with the top 10 list, don't we? Uh, since most of our hurts come through relationships, so will our healing. Here's the next one, number nine. Again, you may, you may have a different 
Uh, number nine, there we go. When all you can see is your pain, perhaps then you lose sight of me. Papa. Is that one on your list too? Anybody? Uh, how about this one? The real underlying flaw in your life, Mackenzie, is that you don't think I'm good. You're uncertain about that. Trust is the fruit of a relationship in which you know you're loved. Here's another one. This is number seven now. Number seven, everything is about Jesus, and freedom is a process that happens inside a relationship with him. Good grief, that's profound. I love that one. I had about 35 others I had to cut, by the way. So, uh, But here's, here's number six. It's not the nature of love to force a relationship, but it is the nature of love to open the way. Never forced. You know, I think sometimes people get very concerned about getting into a small group. I know, I know people who are in our small groups now that had a deathly fear of ever coming to a group like that. And I think often our fear is that it won't operate this way. That instead of love just opening the door and it being up to us whether or not we respond or what we do or, or how we work this out, instead of it just opening the door, we feel locking, we hear cell doors closing behind us when we walk in. You know what I mean? That sense that somebody is going to put on us their stuff. Someone else is going to demand that we live out the calling of God in our own lives in the way they conceive instead of in the way that God is leading us. And our home teams don't intend to ever function like that. We are partners in a journey together trying to encourage one another to respond to the heart of God, how God reveals that heart to us. We, we, we don't say, because I interpret the Scripture this way, I demand of you to satisfy me. That wouldn't be growing up into the head which is Christ. That would be growing up into the head that sits in your group or one of them. You follow me? You with me on that? that that's not what this is about. It's the nature of love to open the way and to support others along the way. Number five, does that mean that all roads lead to you? Not at all, smile Jesus. Most roads don't lead anywhere. What it does mean is that I will travel any road to find you. Wow, praise God for that. Here's number four. You got your number one already picked out? You ahead of me there, number four? Relationships are a whole lot messier than rules, but rules will never give you answers to the deep questions of the heart, and they will never love you. Wow. Now, some of us who have been institutionalized in religion need to hear the freedom that's in that truth. We talked about that more in another sermon. I wish I could go back right now and cover up, but I'm not. Number three, here we go. Return from your independence, Mac. Give up being his judge and know Papa for who he is. This is a great, a great. Then you will be able to embrace his love in the midst of your pain. Wow. Slam dunk. Number three for me. Number two. Here it is. Forgiveness is first for you, the forgiver, answered Papa, to release you from something that will eat you alive, namely resentment, that will eat you alive, that will destroy your joy and your ability to love fully and openly. Isn't that true? And and if that's true, then if you have received a, a, a down payment in that release from forgiveness, if you've taken steps 
in forgiving another in your life. A whole new pipeline of being able to love others has opened in your life. You see, you, you don't have to walk around with that resentment anymore like, like an like a, uh, uh, aerosol can under pressure, and every time somebody pushes your button, you know, your relationships can change now. Wouldn't it be sad just to know that in my head that that's true? But in the relationships where that could be a breath of fresh air and, and a new lease on life, not to live that out in those relationships. Now, here's number one. You ready? Number one, I'm especially fond of you. I don't think I'll ever forget that. I'm especially fond of you, God. He said it to McKenzie, but in another conversation with McKenzie within the group that's not quite so cryptic, he also says, Papa, is there any, you know, he gets suspicious after a while. There's so many people that she's talked about that, that are the ones that Papa's fond of, you know. And so he asked Papa, he says, Papa, is there anybody that you're not especially fond of? And Papa muses for a moment as if she's recalling all of recorded history. and says, no, no, can't find any. I'm especially fond of all of them. Of each of them. Guess that's just the way I is. Thank God for that. And what a beautiful thing. That it, love is so much a part of God's essence that he never gets moody about it. You see? He, he never withholds it. It's, it's, it's unconditional. It's unstoppable. It's irrepressible from his heart. Nothing can change it. It always is, and it always is for us. But that doesn't mean that it's like the force out there, some impersonal, you know, thing in the universe that, that we just have to tap into because it's for everybody and not really meant for us, you know, and, and come to that well from which everybody can drink. You of the, of the millions out there of other peons that might drink from this well of life. No, that's not what, just because it's that consistent, for everyone. At the same time, it is incredibly personal. And, and, and so, you really haven't grasped the truth of that until Mac says to Willie, with Willie's name before it, Willie, God said, God's especially fond of you. Have you done that yet? This morning, if you haven't, you need to. Because God's heart has been aching ever since He's known you. From the knitting of you in His mother's womb. More than anything else, for you to hear this from His heart. He calls you by name and says, Ah, I'm especially fond of you. It's, it, it's not just... Uh, Consistent for all time and for all eternity. Glowing from the heart of the eternal one. It's also very, very personal. And it's the basis of a personal relationship with Him that any of us can have. Building up one another in love. You know, if, if you relate to others the way God relates to you, you'll relate on a completely different format. 
And some people come into the church and assume that the fellowship of the church is going to fun function like all those other fellowships. And that's not true if we're really trying to live this out, you know. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says that the body is many. Uh, we're one in the sense that we're one body together, but we're many in all the different parts, all the different ones of us, right? But then it goes on to say something that is never true in the world. Never true of any other relationship that hasn't been forged somehow by, by the love of God in our hearts. And that's this. It says that even those that have less to offer are important in the body of Christ. And because they consider themselves those who have less to offer, does not make them any less a part of that body. And then it turns it around the other way in 1 Corinthians 12. And it says, and even if you think you have it all together. And the word there that is used is seemly. The more seemly members. So even if you seemly have it all together, even if you have shellacked the outside of yourself so well that the shack on the inside is no longer visible. That's what I'm talking about there, you know. Yeah, oh, I'm all together. No brokenness, no room to grow in me. I have arrived. That if, if, if even those who consider themselves arrived, they cannot say to the foot, because I'm an eye, I have no need of you. You see? Or, or the eye say to the ear, because I'm an eye, I have no need of you. What's that saying? It's saying that none of us are so superior or have it so together that the body of Christ is not something that we need functioning in our own lives as well. You know, it's, it's, it's those that might consider themselves more important, less needy. See? The eye. What, has anybody ever said, oh, sorry, we need to take that picture over again. I didn't get your ear. No. What, what do they say? Oh, Sarah had her eyes closed. Let's try that one again. Right? The more seemly, the more presentable, the, uh, the, the more applauded. Uh, even if you're not one of those ones, see? And even if you are. For the body to be the body. You're both very, very important. And then it says something that's never true in the world. It says even those that are weaker and less seemly, they are even more important as a part of the body. Now chances are, if you're like me, your own relationship radar is not set on that verse. See, I, I know in my own relationship radar, see, that if, that if I come across someone that their shack shows, you know what I'm talking about, just outward brokenness, my immediate fleshly reaction to someone who is that broken is, oh my gosh, you know, here comes a liability, a weight, and there's this inside kind of push away. Oh, and you all are so disappointed in the spirituality of your pastor right now. I'm the only one that does this. There, there, there's, that, there's that kind of that sense that I need to insulate. There's too much need there. There's a black hole there, and I'm about to be drawn into I'm the only one. Okay, but, but typically, we don't think of that person as the most important person in the group. But the Bible says that they are. The Bible says that when I become one of those 
extra grace required persons that I'm the most important person in the group. And that means in our home teams, whatever the agenda is, if somebody walks in one night and life is falling apart, what's the agenda? That most important one. You follow me? That's just how it works. Now, in order for the group to work, there has to be a balance in that. So it goes on to say, so that we have the same care for one another. You see? All that happens within the body of Christ. Uh, uh, and all of it should happen. All of it must happen for us to be those kind of people that build each other up in love by that which every joint supplies. You got the picture? That's the ideal picture. Now, the, the, the kicker is God's got to work it out with me and you. If it's going to become a reality, it's got to become a reality somewhere with someone. And so what we're going to do here for about 10 or 15 minutes, lunch is prepared. It's out there in the hallway. Some sub sandwiches there for you, free to take here in just a moment. All that's taken care of. No panic. You with me? We're, we're going to do something that you may only see done in this church. And that's okay with us. We're a little weird. Uh, but on, on the floor, on the floor right now is a, something like a tic-tac-toe grid. Can you look around and see that, that blue tape? And what I'm going to ask, there, there are about 12 of these kinds of living room size, intimate enough to get to know one another over time kind of groups in our church functioning right now. And what I've done is I've, I've asked the leaders and the members of their groups uh, to just circle up in each one of these squares here. And in a second, uh, we're going to turn on some music. And it's like, uh, you know, find a seat before the music stops. Remember that game? It's kind of like that. Uh, it, it, we're just going to make a little circle in each one of these squares of chairs. And I'm going to ask the leaders where they are right now to go ahead and get their banner for when their group meets during the week. And the reason we wanted to do this is so you could say, you know, well, I work on Wednesday nights, so why sit down in a group where, you know, I, I can't go on Wednesday? We wanted to make this fruitful enough that as you share over these next several minutes and get to know one another just a little bit before we go to lunch, that... If you consider one of these groups an opportunity to maybe follow up on in the upcoming week uh, or, or next week as we start this new series called Living Love and uh, living out these relationships, you can, all right? So look around the room. I don't, there ought to be one up here at the front too. Uh, if, if you'll get your banners, go to your place so we can see where to go. And I'm just going to release you now to reshape the room. Isn't this fun? We don't have pews for a reason. We can actually move these chairs, okay? So feel free to do that. Look around. Notice those that are struggling with moving a chair and help them with it. And find one of these groups. Just sit down and we'll get started here in about, two, uh, about a minute, okay? The music's going to start. The idea is to be in a chair by the time the music stops. Go ahead and do your two-minute share offense. Share, share on around the group. Attention up here for just a second. 
uh, part of what we're doing here is not only wrapping up the shack, it's also anticipating the next phase. We, we've been discussing the shack together in our home teams, and now for the next six weeks, we're going to launch into a series called uh, Living, no, Living Love. Yeah, Living Love, sorry. Uh, living Loved was the shack, but Living Love is, is, is what we're going to be doing for the next six weeks. And so if you want to take some of these shack learnings and actually exercise them in some fun new relationships and in some relationships that will help you even transform the other relationships in your life, that's what the next six weeks are going to be about. It's just a natural progression from the shack to the next thing. And right now I want you to watch this little minute and a half commercial, I'll call it, for our teacher during these 40 days of love. It's going to be Rick Warren. Are you all familiar with him? The, the purpose-driven life guy. Here he is. Hi, everybody. I want to welcome you and your small group to 40 Days of Love. Now, these next 40 days, we're going to be talking together about what God says about what matters most in life. You know, if I were to summarize the entire Bible in one word, I'd use the word relationship because it's all about our relationship to God and our relationship to each other. God created you for a relationship with him. And there's nothing more important. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, let love be your highest goal. That means above everything else. Circle highest goal. He said it needs to be your number one priority, your primary objective, your greatest ambition, your life purpose. He's saying don't put love in your top ten. Like one of the things I want to do in my life is have good loving relationships. He's saying you need to make that numero uno, number one. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am about what's going to happen in your life and in your group and in your family and in your friendships during this 40-day study. I'm so excited about it because you're choosing to spend 40 days focusing on the most important aspect in life, love. And when you see what God says about love and you see the changes that he can make in your life, uh, you're going you're to really get excited. Now, what does God say about Of, uh, of what, what, what to come. The teachings are, are fantastic. They're simple, but they're profound. And then in some very manageable ways, we're going to try to walk these teachings out a little bit over the next six weeks. It's going to be fantastic. So you really end for a great thing. Now, I'm going to let the music play for, for just 60 seconds. And if during these 60 seconds, you see another night of the week that you might want to sample, this is a speed date. Okay. If, if, if there's another group that you want to just go check out, sit down with them for a while, this is your chance to shuffle around. You know, that's, that's cool. While the music plays, remember, if you're not in a seat by the time the music stops, we kick you out. No, I'm just kidding. Here, here we go. The music starts, and if you want to shift around to another group that you can make, do that.
Okay, you're getting close. Let's turn up the music here. Okay, here's, here's your next question. This is the last question we're going to share and we'll be done, okay? Give you a sample of this home team through this, this particular question. If you look on the screen this morning, I'm just going to put up some words up here. And this is the question that I want us to share around this time, okay? Uh, in the last of the book, it says this. Uh, if you ever get a chance to hang out with Mac, you'll soon learn that he's hoping for a new revolution, one of love and kindness, a revolution that revolves around Jesus and what he's done for all of us and what he continues to do in anyone who has a hunger for reconciliation and a place for home. That's not the one I wanted to read. Uh... I'm not supposed to read it. I can't. It's not even on the page anymore. Uh, but, but here's the deal. All of us are in a process with God somewhere. And that's, that was the sentence I was trying to find. All of us are in a process. So, so, some of us right now would describe our relationship with God. Every one of us has a relationship perhaps, but, but we're not all in the same place. And that's part of what it means to live as community, is to join each other wherever we are in that process. So as you look at the screen up here, which one of these words would you pick as best describing where you are in the process with God right now? Now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you, after you've picked that word, to share that one word with your group. Now, none of this is compulsory, so if it comes around to you and you don't want to share a word, just say pass. Okay? That's cool. But if it comes to you and you want to just share the word, share the word. If it comes to you and you want to share the word and share a little bit of the why behind the word, that's okay too. All right? We're going to take five more minutes, then I'm going to close with a blessing for lunch. And our six-foot-long sub-sandwiches are waiting for us just beyond the door, calling out to us even now. Are you ready? Here it is. Here's some of the words. Confused, hurting, hopeful, tentative, cynical, seeking, resentful, suspicious, connected, disconnected, trusting, New, stuck, mad, sad, glad, <laughs> numb, struggling. Which one of those words would be the one that you would choose is kind of describing where you are? Okay? If you want to just share your name as you go around the group, if you hadn't done that already, and, uh, and just share a bit of this. And listen, if, if somebody in your group shares a little bit more of that today, and they open the door, you see, that's, that's what I was wanting to say earlier. When any of us have needs in the body of Christ, you know what that is? That's just an opportunity for a relationship. That's what that is. And so, if some of us share something that's a little heavy on our heart this morning, that's okay. I'm just going to invite whoever's next to them just to put a hand on the shoulder and the leader of the group to say a quick prayer for that person, okay, as we close? All right? So just, just go around your circle and share whatever word kind of describes it for you right now, okay? I'll turn it over to you, leaders.